Welcome to the 4A Music Podcast. I'm Charlie. I'm Alexandria. I'm Amy. On this week's pod, Bob Dylan on his changing criteria for beauty, Sarah Kim on access to careers in the arts, the increase of samples in popular albums, new music, and more. First off, how's everybody doing? What's good? What's good? I'm good. Um, I wrote a song last week uh, based on like a loop. And I, I, I didn't really start it with anything in mind. I just felt the itch, the recording itch. <laughs> Apparently that's... Sounds very spooky so far. <laughs> Sorry. I was <laughs> um no I just like it's such an I don't want to say easy but it's like um a, I think it's a reliable way to write just because um I just based on my exposure to what people like to do in the looping world I did like a backbone and I did like something that kind of like interacted with that and then a harmony and you just kind of suddenly have like something to work with and then I just kind of like free wrote on top of it. But it made me excited about our songwriting club that's coming later. And I just think logic is dope because I was just sitting there like pressing <laughs> like record new track double. And I was having fun with naming everything. I'm like second harmony alternate four. like anyway. What's good with you, Charlie? Great. Well, I haven't actually haven't done much of like the looping thing in Logic before. But is there like a is there like an interface that makes it like really easy or something? Is it just like do you just double I it or or were you, are I you honestly, just like doubling it? Like, like the I yeah, I just like use the tool. There might be something that I'm not hip to that's better. Probably like I I wasn't using a looping pedal or anything. I want to buy one, but I haven't yet. But I was just like setting how long I wanted it to be and then using the looping. Like cursor, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've done that. Some of that stuff in Ableton or whatever is really fun. But the mm. they've tried to make. It seems like they tried to make with like the most recent update or the second most recent update. They like tried to make Logic look more like Ableton or a Ken. Like you can have a pull down mm. window because the thing really about Ableton is like the uh, well, there's a lot of things, but like what's what's instantly different, like visually about Logic and Ableton is like the one window of Ableton is vertical. Like it has a kind of a vertical oh, yeah. interface where like time can can like loop like this, but then you can go through sections of the song like oh. vertically, which is different than like a normal DAW where it's just a timeline, you know, that kind of tracks or whatever. Um, Do you like Ableton? Yeah, I think Ableton's really cool. I mean, especially for live stuff, that's kind of like why it's called Ableton mm. Live or whatever. But it's really fun to like play with, and I'm only I've only kind of scratched the surface, but. But that that's cool. I mean, some people write with Ableton kind of in the same kind of way, where they can mm, kind of I've get heard it a lot of producers kind of use. Easier. Sorry, I cut you off again, Charlie. But oh. I think a lot of producers use Ableton. I think they just find it easier for them, like more user friendly for them to make the projects that they want to make instead of in like Logic or Pro Tools. Yeah. I'm always though on the hunt for like a producer that's like a great producer, but is also like super comfortable in logic and not like 
just using Pro Tools. There's like, mm. it's like if someone goes to school for engineering or production, it's like, okay, they're going to be really into Pro Tools because that's what all like the teachers teach, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like the teachers <laughs> teach Pro Tools. And it's like, I don't want to use Pro Tools. I want to send you weird like logic stuff. And like, I want to be able to, <laughs> stuff, I want to be able to do something with it, you know? I'm yeah. fully logic biased, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's just I, more user friendly. I like it better. I we did a class in college that used Pro Tools. Did you, you took that? Yeah. Did you did you teach? No, you never taught that. No. Um, but also, like all of the recording studios use Pro Tools, mm -hmm. and like we had like a, a I did another recording class, and like all we were doing, and I had to mix in Pro Tools and all this stuff. I was like, can I just like not? <laughs> <laughs> terrible no pro tools is i have a friend who likes vocals in logic and everything else in pro tools i'm just like staying in logic yeah <laughs> visiting pro tools living in logic <laughs> no. that's went to ableton once <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's interesting i mean the avid stuff too i mean like avid please don't sue me but like i think avid is just an annoying company it's like the, yeah. the Sibelius thing too. It's like all of like oh, the God. codes and the logging in and like the stuff and like with Pro Tools. I don't know if you still- I've cried. Have, but you used to have to use like a USB dongle like key to like unlock Pro Tools. Like you couldn't just type nah. in a password. Like you had to have a physical thing so that people didn't pirate it. And I was like, this is not that great that you're <laughs> spending this much time making sure people won't steal it. You know what I mean? Um Meanwhile, logic, you can literally just like send the logic application to someone else and it just like kind yeah. of. <laughs> um, They're like, please um, take it. Obviously, like yeah, Apple's like a trillion dollar company or something, or it has a trillion dollar market cap. So oh. it's a different kind of economy. But um, well, also, we should mention that you two are in the same room together. For people that aren't watching this at home, Amy and Alexandra <laughs> are around. They're sitting on the same around. couch. So that's like a, that's pretty different. It is different. Yeah. We're um, logicking over here. Yeah. Logicking. Yeah. Logicking. Great. Before we were pro tooling. Now we're logicking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I keep staring at Alex at points of the day and being like, "Oh, there you are in front of me." We live together. Yeah. <laughs> we're not used to it, but we love it. If I do say so for you. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be the house, like house mom for a house. <laughs> I think that's already the vibes that's going on. <laughs> for different reasons, too. <laughs> no, literally, my mom, they're just getting off topic, but my mom actually came and she actually got the entire apartment together she did she did she did <laughs> she, she's like, like what is this organization like, yeah she's like why is this here move that <laughs> <laughs> she organized everything she was like what's in this closet no <laughs> so yeah k dewalt k um Cool. I well, I I've already talked a lot, but I, um, I wanted to just mention that I've been um, doing this thing called Morning Pages, which is from a book called The Artist's Way, 
and it's a pretty famous kind of like it's definitely like a self-help sort of like artist kind of book but it's been like sitting on a pile of books and i was like one morning i was just like okay well like maybe i should like i should start knocking off books out of this pile like deciding what's in here i'm like interested in and what i like don't really want to read and um that was kind of one of the first books and and i just read like the first 40 pages of it or something and it was uh like she kind of comes out right away and says like these are the the two most important things that you'll do it's kind of the whole book's kind of almost set up like a class like it's a way of like refinding or reigniting your creativity is kind of like what the book is about and um and like the two she's like basically these are the two things you'll be doing i should look i had her um i had this instead of just saying she i should say the uh it's by julia cameron and i think she's mostly a writer like um of fiction and stuff and like uh, movies and, and whatever but she's like you have two main assignments one of them is morning pages and that's where you kind of just like free write in the morning for you just write three pages handwritten just like three pages oh, of like free writing i'm gonna um, do this and then the other one was the other, the the other kind of like assignment thing is um artist dates or like creative dates and that's supposed to be like you basically go, you have to go somewhere or do something by yourself. That's like, so you don't have like, it's not tied to anybody else's like stuff. And you, um, like you go somewhere by yourself, like to a museum or go see a concert or go even just go for like a long walk or something or whatever that is. But you're supposed to do one of those a week, like an artist, kind of an artist date a week is just kind of like a, I like that. so that you're not worried about talking mm -hmm. to other people or the social thing. You can just kind of like be there or do the thing. Wow. Um, I haven't really got, honestly, I haven't gotten to that part yet, but <laughs> I haven't worked that part in, but I've been doing the morning pages and actually I kind of, I don't know if I've been cheating cause I've been doing them in this like little steno notebook. So it's not like whole yes. pages, but it's like, you just kind of like free write and like do your thing. And it's, it's actually really what, um, I think the idea of it is like, you just kind of like get out all your gunk or like you get out like whatever is kind of like in the way but just kind of like uh, putting stuff down um there was one thing i read once where it's like oh don't write just type like when you sit mm -hmm. down like if you're a writer or whatever it is like don't write don't think of like oh i'm an, i need to go sit down and write just like sit down and just start typing and i think this is kind of a version of that where it's like you're just like okay i'm just like putting things down on paper now like <laughs> really yeah. comfortable with this i don't care about anything i'm writing it's like you can just write about anything. Um, so it's been kind of cool. I've been doing it for probably the last week and a half or two weeks every morning. And it's like a nice part of the ritual. Like I start making coffee and then I, I what I've been doing is like turning on some Keith Jarrett like trio oh. stuff. Just like turning yes. on some Keith Jarrett and then just like sitting here and like writing until I'm done with three pages. Um, That's amazing. That's also nice. Yeah. You just have three pages because once you get there, you know, like, it's not what you were saying. It's not about what you're writing necessarily. It's more just the practice. Like, all right, yeah. did it. I think, yeah, like, I think that word ritual is just like such a beautiful word. Like, especially when it comes to art. Like, whenever we think about ritual, we think of something sacred and just nice and, you know, something that's fulfilling. Um, but yeah, I like that it's a ritual and that you can, because when you exit, like, academic academia you're like how do i still remain creative and like mm -hmm. this is a 
like a way to keep on like reminding yourself oh yeah like i'm writing something i'm mm -hmm. still remaining creative even though it's like thoughts in your brain you're still remaining creative because you have to think of words i don't know i think that's being creative if i have to think of a word it is it is because <laughs> that like, could spark anything yeah like that's really like oh wow i couldn't think of the word metamorphosis and then I, you know, and I had to like come up with a sentence because I couldn't think of the word metamorphosis. I love that. It's like a way of creativity. Anyway, that's like isn't that a short story? Have you guys read that? Metamorphosis? Maybe it's not called that. The Kafka one. Yeah, that's where like he turns a, into a bug. Philosophical, yeah, like a philosophy. That's like of, a yeah. I was yeah. thinking literal metamorphosis <laughs> and like caterpillar <laughs> to a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i feel like that's true though like maybe maybe you write yeah that like if you write something it makes you think of something else and then suddenly you're like off on the creative trail yeah. um look like the low-key part of it that i actually have like really started to like though the handwriting bit is that like i don't have to like wrestle with my computer in terms of like formatting stuff and like spell check and whatever, like I feel like my computer is always like fighting me. I'm like, I don't want to capitalize that letter. This is actually how this is spelled. I'm not trying to say the thing you think I'm trying to say. Yes, that's like, what's been happening with my phone too. It's but so weird annoying. things. Yeah. Like I spell it correctly and it changes it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I was like, no, I want to put this over here. I want to smush this together. Mm -hmm. Like I don't care. Like, and it's nice to just like know it. The other thing about the morning pages is like it's not for anybody to read. You're not even mm. supposed to read it. Like the like she says That's like cool. you, should, you should go at least six months without ever reading anything you write in your morning pages. And like oh they're not gosh. really for that. Um so it's not I really like that. So it's like you just put it down. So it's like I'll be kind of scribbling through and I'm like, That's not super legible. I don't care. Blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah. Going, wow, that's awesome. Because it's also a way to just, like you were saying before, get your thoughts. Or you said, I liked the word gunk. Yeah. yeah. Whatever is going on in there, like put it yeah, there. It's like a cleanse almost in some Yeah. Can it be anything? Can I just draw like a large caterpillar like on one yeah. page? <laughs> I mean, you're in charge. <laughs> no one else is like, it's not, you know. Um, so you, like could, yeah, you could do whatever you want. It could be like markers flip and book. stuff, you know. Oh, flip books. Um. But yeah, that's it. Actually, kind of reminds me. There's that Kurt Vonnegut thing that we that I I had put in one of the four A like um, newsletters or something like months ago. That was like someone wrote Kurt Vonnegut and like a kid in an English class, and he wrote them back. And he was like, "Here's your assignment. I want you to like write a short story, and it has to be. It can only be three pages. It cannot be longer. Maybe it was like a different amount of pages, but it's like has to be these amount of pages." And when you're done writing the short story, I want you to crumple it up and I want you to throw it away and I want you to never tell anyone about it. It's like, that's your assignment. Because like the oh art gosh. is just for you. It's not for anybody else. And it's like, it's a gift in itself just to like mm. make it. And mm. it doesn't have to be for anything else. Like that's, what you, that's your assignment. I thought that was kind of interesting. I, I love that. that. Yeah. I was thinking about that with writing too. Because I always get stuck in like the, oh, so... Am I supposed to release this now? <laughs> oh, where, where should I put this one? Then I, that's like a perfect way to put it. Cause in the car I was like, wait, I can just write, <laughs> I can just write songs. 
But I like, I kind of like the idea. I would feel weird deleting it <laughs> if I like voice memo it, but maybe it is like, shut, like put it away, shut it, shut it down. See ya. I, I would have a hard time doing that too. I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not saying that like, oh, that's what I do. I'm so cool. I like throw away all my songs, <laughs> but like. <laughs> kind of a cool concept though. I like, I like the paper, the physicality of paper too. And the fragility of paper is interesting to me. Because in some ways, electronic things are fragile too, but like paper is too, for sure. I can't decide which is more. I think that, I think honestly, computers for me feel less reliable. That's just what I think. Yeah. But but also that could be like human error. Like I feel like I can protect my paper (laughs) more than I believe that the internet will always stay the way that it is. Yeah. I don't know. I'm really I like the way that my brain works the the disarray that everything is in whenever I write something it's in different paper books <laughs> so I have to use like some type of organizational tool so I take a picture of it and I put it in my computer <laughs> because wait I so know. you write on paper and then you take a picture <laughs> and then pdf it to my <laughs> computer because I know I'm gonna lose it wow okay I kind of love that. <laughs> so it's she's got both. She's like, I don't know if Kurt Vonnegut would be super stoked about that. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, stop. But you have, you really have all your bases covered because I lose things. If, oh, well, I, I guess if there's a loss. Folder, yeah, if it's lost, <laughs> never mind. I'm thinking like you find it and then you're like, oh, I have the PDF and the, but the it's, point is you lose it. Okay, really never mind. Disarray. <laughs> Anyway, Alexandria has like the Library of Cong- Congress, like with all of her like notes. <laughs> that is life. so funny. This is true, though. Yeah, this is actually, well, I do like paper. But I like, like paper too. I lose it. So, do you guys like pen or pencil better? Pencil. Is this too far? Pencil. What yeah. about you? Yeah, I like pencil. Oh wow! I think I like pen. But I like a pencil that writes nicely, like mm-hmm. a specific pencil. Yeah, it's like those. <gasps> you pencils. use Blackwing, do you not? Yeah. Oh my God, my dad loves those. Yeah, do the Blackwing. Because um, they write so nicely. Wow. It's so satisfying. They don't erase great, well. but that's okay. I was I was they're actually cool. handwriting they're... a chart today for for this class I teach on handwriting charts, and I was like writing oh it, and God. I was like, ah, like I was making all these mistakes, and I was like, <laughs> it doesn't erase enough. <laughs> I'm a fraud. My church. No, kind of I think that's cool though. I gotta. I'm the same way. Where if something doesn't erase, I'm like, Wah. but like maybe that's also cool. Maybe can you remind me the name, the last name? Kurt Vonnegut. Vonnegut. Vonnegut yeah. Vonnegut. He'd Kurt probably Vonnegut. be into that. An erase mark. <laughs> erase mark. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, this really I forget, took. No, a, I forget what it was. There's a, there's a famous composer that's like only writes in pen, and Wayne I. Wayne Shorter. Is that, is is it, it, were you talking about that last right? time? Yeah. 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 Right. That's there. crazy. I think that's super legit. Um, cool. Well, that was a great convo. Let's hop into this week's newsletter. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Cool. Our first A from this week's newsletter was what Bob Dylan wanted at 23. This awesome article that's pulled from um, June 9th, 1964, or it's partly from that 
uh, partly from that night, but it's around that time from 1964, uh, written by, um, you know, this, this kind of legendary critic and historian, Nat Hentoff. If, if you haven't heard of him, he's someone to kind of check out. I think he has a really great like jazz history textbook or kind of book that's used in jazz history classes. I'm not sure if either of you have ever seen that before that book. No, no. that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's great. And like, uh, so basically there's this like really long, uh, form article. The New Yorker is doing this thing now where they're kind of like republishing old, like back catalog things or like things from their archives. Um, and I just thought this was really, um, I thought there was just like a really beautiful kind of, um, like portrait, uh, of, of, of like Bob Dylan at this time, but in making this record, another side of Bob Dylan, which is his, um, I think it's his fourth album or it's his yeah, his fourth yeah. studio album. Yeah. Um, and it was really cool. And and Bob Dylan says some interesting things about making art and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, at one time, at one point, he's asked by uh, Nat Hentoff, like, um, these songs like sound like you're talking about real people. They don't sound like you're like making up these stories or whatever. And Dylan is basically just like, yeah, they ha- they're all real people. It's all like real stuff that's happened and that I've like known about or people that I know. And he's like, that makes it really scary um, that like, these are all real people, like they're all real stories, but like, but that's like kind of like all I, all I can do. Um, And he says like, he doesn't have to really understand the story or like understand the person that like, sometimes he kind of just like writes the song and like, then he's like still kind of like figuring it out. Um, He also talks about, so um, his like uh, Bob Dylan's like, like idol uh, was Woody Guthrie. And he, he, especially in early in his career, he like, he was like mimicking a lot, mimicking a lot, like doing some of the same songs and all like same folk songs and all that kind of stuff. Um, and he talks a little bit about this idea of like, do songs have to rhyme or whatever that kind of thing is. And like Woody Guthrie was like, no, they don't have to rhyme. Like they can just, they can just be cool if they don't rhyme. And then Bob Dylan says like, no, that's not true. Song has to, has some kind of form, you know? And like, that's, that's the kind of thing that's kind of interesting. Um, by the way, this this album, the uh, another side of Bob Dylan is really thought of as like a transition between like the really super folky stuff where he's just like by himself playing guitar and harmonica and singing, and then like his transition into like kind of more electric rock and roll-y kind of things. Um, but another interesting part of this was talking about beauty, uh, where um, he he's kind of talking about like basically not liking uh, Joan Baez and like that, the music that she was making mm. and not really thinking it was like very beautiful. Um, but then like he, and he, he had been kind of public about it. Um, but then, but then kind of changing his mind and they're, they really famously like met each other and like, we're, um, we're close after like later on in their lives. But, um, but Dylan of the, about his changing feelings about like what's, beautiful says i was wrong my hang-up was that i used to try to define beauty now i take it as it is however it is that's why i like hemingway i don't read much usually i read what people put in my hands but i do read hemingway he didn't have to use adjectives he didn't really have to define what he was saying he just said it i can't do that yet but that's what i want to be able to do wow that part kind of hit me too like this like yeah yeah just like 
the man walked over here. The man saw a cat. The cat was yellow. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> dig it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's just some, um, just some like cool, like some cool Bob Dylan stuff. I haven't, I've never been like super duper into Bob Dylan. Um, it's hard for me to kind of get into like his singing voice. And that's like, obviously the thing I'm probably most <laughs> about in the universe, but, um, I, I play a couple of his songs like almost all the time. They're like in my kind of in my book or whatever uh, that I play all the time. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I don't. It's it's honestly actually almost a little bit challenging for me to listen to him for long stretches of time. It's like I'll listen to a couple songs. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's cool. <laughs> and this album in particular, I think, is kind of cool. Like it has a nice ambiance. Like you can hear the room and stuff. And he's like, kind of, you can hear his like foot stomp, and it's like he records like this whole album in like six hours in one night. Like he just pretty cool. Seven, he's done at like one thirty or something. I'm like wow, that's just the album. Um. But yeah, I don't know anything in there that that was interesting at all. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's just like the concept of beauty. I think that's something that we're all like still working toward and like defining what that is. I guess like like for me, I don't know, my eyes were closed, but. <laughs> It's like the most beautiful thing about someone is the most is like the ugliest part of them or like in the most beautiful thing about life is like the the mundane as well. Like to, to be able to like wake up, brush my teeth, put, you know, it's like the morning pages thing. It's like that is so beautiful, but also like, um, like someone what's what someone has gone through in the past and like that's made them into the person that they are and they're a beautiful person like the ugly things is what's made that person so i think that's a what he's getting at is an interesting idea that i've thought about like you know beautiful isn't just what like a flower or whatever it's like an ugly alley cat um that probably just ate some leftover tuna And it's just enjoying his life. No, you're right. I think it takes a lot of maturity and growth to get there too. Like, I think it's cool to be in the place. I feel like I might be in the place where I feel like I know that exists and I don't really know how to kind of be there, but I'm, but I'm going to see if I can. But I also like that he kind of processes through that, like what he used to think about it and then kind of what he what he does later on because everyone does kind of grow through as you're getting different inputs and having different experiences I think it's inevitable obvious this is kind of an obvious point but just to like (laughs) for some things to shift around but it's cool to me that you can get to a place of kind of it's kind of like an acceptance thing where everything just is which to me is is like the ability to be present yeah yeah also he was 23 oh my gosh yeah but if you got, like um kind of like reading this too it's like you kind of refreshed on on like the that like kind of dylan biography up to that point and it's kind of crazy like reading through the whole article and like learning uh like kind of 
I had heard a lot of this stuff before, but like kind of like hearing it again, like just like he's in Minnesota, he grows up in Minnesota. He turns 18 and he like kind of just like runs away from home, comes to New York and then is like homeless for like years, like lives in the subway, sleeps on like random wow. couches and stuff. And is just like playing and everyone, like everyone at that time just thought he sucked. Like they were like, your voice sounds gross and you're dumb and you're playing these like weird oh old folky songs, you know? Um, and then by 23, it's like, you know, in this, in this article, he talks about the, like the, the power that he feels like he has, or like the freedom that he feels like he has is like, he only has to play when he wants to play. If he doesn't want to play, he doesn't play. Like he, he like, he just like lives in the country. Sometimes he comes in and plays he, a concert if he wants. He like goes to a recording if he wants to do that. But otherwise he's just like hanging out, like writing poetry and like acting in plays with his friends out in the country and like um, driving so his motorcycle. And he's like, this is like, this is what this job, like this is what my fame or whatever has granted me this ability to just be like, I'm going to do what I kind of want to do. But I think a lot of us are, um, it's like all of us are trying to, like that's what we, I think that's what we imagine when it's like, oh, if I'm rich or something, I could do that. You know, it's like if I was a billionaire, I could do that or something. Um. But yeah, it was a cool article. It's a long article, um, but it's like it does like a really great job of doing like a whole background of of Bob Dylan at the time because like Nat Hentoff doesn't really know Bob Dylan that well at that point and is not like he's not super duper famous. He's just like kind of becoming this thing at that time. Um, so it's a it's a really interesting like snapshot. I'm really I'm really glad that like New Yorkers doing this kinds of things. What's funny too yeah, is like, there's like cool. a there's a little bit of like a shout out in the towards the beginning of the thing where it's like, yeah, Bob Dylan now is starting to sell as many records as like Thelonious Monk and oh like Miles Davis or something. It was just like, it's like such a funny, like, oh my God, that's who he's comparing to like, <laughs> like the, the big sellers or something. Uh, that was kind of cool. Oh my gosh. 65, man, 65. That's cool. Or 64. 64, yeah. Um, Alex, you want to take the next, yeah, you want to take the next A. All right. So I wrote a, I came across this article about equitability of accessibility to a career in the arts. Um, and it's written by this woman, Sarah Kim. Um, who is a professional musician. She's like on Broadway and things and pit orchestras, but she also is a part of this organization called Stage Time, which they kind of like um, put together like a professional network of people in the arts just to like com create a community. Um, and uh, she brought up this point that I have been thinking about for a while. Um, and it's like, there's, um, she quotes, she says, it's privileged access to a career in the arts, which I was like, oh yeah, like I know artists who do that have, that are amazing, but they just don't know the peoples and how more so, like it hasn't changed in the last, you know, hundred years that like getting a gig is about who you know and now more so than ever, like it's really about who you know, um, because there's just like a plethora of musicians um, or artists. Um, but now it's like, 
oh, I don't have access to those people. I know, you know, if you don't go to like right camps or like the right institutions. Um, so you don't get connected with those like great people. Like I, I, I'm, I'm not the best to speak on this because I am definitely a product of going through like, I'm not afraid to say that I've, I was groomed, but that's, that's the wrong way to use that word. But like, I was, (laughs) (laughs) I was groomed into being like, kind of a, like, okay musician, I guess. And, um, because like I grew up going like elementary school, elementary school, all the way up through high school. Like I was in performing arts schools. Like who does that? Like, you know what I mean? Not everyone has that access to that. And that let, led to me having like a network of people that, you know, it's just ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous in a good way. And so, um, I don't know. I have been thinking about this because of my own interactions and to, to know that someone else has also thought about like having a career in the arts is, is, is more or less only possible if you are into the, in the club of like, Oh, I went to this school or study with this teacher. I went to this camp and I'm just kind of tired of that. Um, I, th- I believe that everyone should have the ability to have a career in the arts, regardless of you. You went to this so-and-so school, like those schools tend to be expensive anyway. And, you know, money is slim as always in the arts. So yeah, that, that, um, that really stuck with me, the, just everything that she had to say regarding, um, creating a more equitable, like creating more equitable opportunities for musicians to have and artists to have a career in the arts and stop making such an exclusive club out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to think, I used to think of this <laughs> oh, much more so well like said. just as like a just as like a classical music thing. You know, it's like oh you have to go like you know like cuz like oh you have to go to get your master's degree and then you have to go to Europe and do like a post thing there and like you know mm-hmm. whatever. But that's just not I mean like jazz caught up to all of that really quick. It's like with camps and all that kind of stuff. And and then now everything else is, is catching up to <laughs> everything else <laughs> too is like, oh yeah, we can do that too. We can do a camp and we can do like the Grammy camp and we can do the blah 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 and like all this all these kind of like workshops and stuff. And um one thing that from this quote from the article that like just kind of like st- sticks out to me is the um uh this idea that like mediocre to solid musicians who were raised with the privilege of being able to work towards then attend a name brand school um, automatically puts them in the club, not a club member, not noticed, not hired. And it's like, yeah, like she's thrown down there. I mean, it it is true. Um, Yeah. There's so, there's so much like a weird networking thing, which, which, um, I don't know. That to me makes sense in some ways, but it it seems weird though too. Like you you kind of realize that mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, these these people are not all getting hired through like this fair blind audition process or something. Yeah, you know, that's like anybody can sign up to or whatever. You know, it's like there are entrance fees and there is like a lot of people getting hired just because like, oh hey, do you know so and so? I was talking with a friend over the weekend that was kind of saying like yeah basically at this one school once you get hired 
and on the faculty, like there's no way to fire you. Like you're there. And a lot of those people have gotten hired over the years because it's like, oh darn, it's like the week before the semester starts. Or like the semester just started and like we need to get someone. Do you know anybody that plays the harp or something? <laughs> it's like, yeah, we know one person. <laughs> Yikes. At yeah. the school for like 30 years, you know, or whatever that is. And I'm I'm sure like in gigs and, and stuff like that happens all the time too, where it's like, oh yeah, really quick, we need a bass player. And then it's like, they're in the band now, like <laughs> for 20 years or something. Yeah. It's double edged too, because anything that I've like had the opportunity slash privilege of being a part of, like I've met people that changed my life and everything. But I guess like the point more so is making sure that that more people or or that there's a more even playing field for who gets to have life changing experiences. Yeah. given that we all have this like raw musician or artist in us many people <laughs> um i heard i heard somebody say once that it's like it's just about trying to create as many on ramps to the thing as possible oh cool you know and i like yeah. that that's idea. cool like when it was yeah. thinking about like how do we be productive about this? You know, it's like, okay, you notice there's a problem, you know, and it's like, what do we do now? Um, yeah. That idea of just being like, you know, that's, it's a, it's one way of thinking about access and what, what, what can that be? Um, you know, it partly, it means like going into communities that aren't usually served. And part of it means like, you know, getting rid of some of these like um, entrance fees for things or, or, if you can like have a pathway to some of these resources or people or interactions that don't involve like money or knowing somebody or whatever that is. Yeah. And the, the, the giving back aspect of if you are in a position of influence or, or just you're able to do so like making a concerted effort to reach out. Yeah. You know? or, or I feel like just if you're in the position of power up, you know, just to recognize those students that didn't do those programs or, mm -hmm. you know, and to help in that way, like, oh, I see that this person didn't do this program. I want them to have the opportunity to be a part of this. Yeah. Or like, I don't know. I, I, I mean, we're not, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> Like we're not like Christian McBride, but like <laughs> we, which I adore, like what he's done. He's like he does so much for the community and like so, like he just took out that new what is it quartet, quintet, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like of just like people he like playing with and they're like all Dude. generations and like, anyways, it's um, awesome. But like more things like that, and even us at like our stage, we can like invite friends who haven't. Well. I've noticed yeah. that about Christian McBride because he that's what happened to him. Like he yeah. got a big opportunity and you know, I mean more than one, but like but like, you know, he people took a chance on him and like he obviously had the the bag and the skills to do it, but I think he sees that in a lot of young people and he wants to be he's he's yeah. very much like come here like let's yeah, me help let's you make out. something yeah yeah 
But even us just introducing our peers into like our other peers and yeah, all it's that so, stuff. I love, I love that collision of worlds. It's like <laughs> one of my favorite things ever. It's so cool. I, I've been in so many of these like auditions and audition rooms and stuff, and it it is true that in it. Um, I mean, like, I, I feel like, oh, I'm recognizing this kind of idea, like, happening in real life. And it is true that, like, you know, someone comes in and do, does an audition or something. And either on paper or in the room, you say, like, oh, do you, who do you study with? Or, like, where are you from? You know? And mm -hmm. students, of course, they're going to be like, well, I, I did this and I did this camp and I studied with this person. And, like, you kind of audit, like... It, you make all these assumptions all of a sudden it's like oh, okay well they probably can do this and they can do this and they probably can do this and they probably heard about this before and they probably heard about this before and then students will come in and it's like who's yeah. your teacher it's like i've never had any lessons before and and then they'll be pretty raw in certain things and and i think it takes like saying like you know that's that's um like we should take all that into account. Like we should almost kind of like balance yeah. the scales a little bit to say, okay, if we imagine that this person didn't have all those, all that access or those advantages and we imagine, or we imagine this person did or something, like can you kind of try to um, paint a picture or, or balance those things out, you know? I, obviously that's really hard. Yeah. But I've thought about that a lot where it's just kind of like, this person has never had any lessons. Then they're like, you're doing this thing. Like that to me yeah. is a lot, you know? And and it's cool that the mm. other person, you know, that has had all that training or whatever and they've kind of done, and that's not, it's not that they haven't done that either. Like they did that too. Like they practiced and they yeah. showed up and they figured it out and all that kind of stuff. Like, so it's, it's not not taking away anything from them, but it's just kind of like, you know, this person rolled up. I mean, I never had a voice lesson in my life before I auditioned for college. And I just kind of showed up Amazing. and did the thing. And I'm sure it was like so messy and crazy, you know. But people saw, like the people at the school, like saw something in me, you know. Like they saw um, a very raw diamond in the rough kind of thing. Or maybe well, it, it, was heightens, like a, it was like a rock it the of mud no. in the rough, but oh my gosh <laughs> it, no, you both with this humility mm -hmm. thing right Charlie, now you are a diamond shine bright like a diamond shine bright like a diamond <laughs> i think it heightens the responsibility of the teacher which teachers are amazing uh but it just makes me think about experiences I've had where it's like, so you guys all have done, okay, cool. So the next thing, no shade, like really, I genuinely no shade, but it's just like, I think it takes true mentorship, like investment in a one-on-one -on -one thing, which I think music is like such a, that's what makes music so special is that type of relationship is like, if you truly have a mentor or more than one mentor, like, just that's some of the most life-changing stuff that I have been a part of is like yeah. whenever I have this, this like working, this is what I know and, and here's what I see in you and whatever, bringing things out of young or whatever, any artist, they don't have to be young. I don't know. I guess it just makes me think that the teacher's role is like so, 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 so important to just assess what's going on. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think in this too, it's like also the people that are booking clubs and stuff. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you don't have. True. I mean, I know it's a it's a business and their money is on the line and all kind of stuff. But it's like, oh yeah, you don't have a hundred thousand followers on this kind of thing. But like, yeah. But your music is really cool, you know. And I I think yeah. there's it, um there's a little bit less. It feels like a little less room in the industry to take chances on those on those kinds of things, you know, than there maybe there used to yeah. be. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And then an opportunity like that could expose the person. It's like, yeah, some some like management companies or like marketing companies won't even take you on if you don't have like at least twelve thousand followers. That's crazy. So it's like, oh, I already have to have a following for you to even like build my following. Okay, like right. interesting, but That's strange. Yeah, I've known publicists I, like that. They're like, well, you know, we really only <laughs> do like this kind of thing. And it's like, cool. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was fun. Thanks. That thanks for making me feel really sad. I'm gonna go away. <laughs> um, this is a great. No, this is a great but if you like knew, if you knew their like, you know, sister or brother. Right. You can be like, oh, like, hey, I know your sister does that. Can, like, she do this? And, you're, you know, you're already in that network. Right. So there should be, you know, like, it, you know, I, that's why I agree with Sarah Kim and, like, just creating a community that's, like, diverse, like, in background, musically, you know, or not musically, artistically, like, maybe, you know, um, philosophically i don't know not like we're bad people but you know what i mean (laughs) you know just creating a community in which we're not all the same like we're not all jazz musicians we're you know we're musicians we're like uh business designers we're like i don't know lighting designers yeah like move filmmakers you know like just something that I don't know. I just feel like that would create so much more access for everyone if we just like had a, like our, it, you know what I'm trying to say. My brain is not braining right now, but a network, a network in which that 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 is like transparent, invisible for everyone to see. Yeah. Yeah. Rock and roll. Okay, let's. let's move on. <laughs> that was great. That was great. Uh, everyone, check okay. out. Uh, Everyone check out uh, Stage Time, that website. It's, it's, linked in, uh, it's linked in the newsletter this week. Uh, our next A, this can be, uh, this can be brief, but um, I've kind of been seeing a couple of these. Uh, actually, a couple of friends of mine like shared different videos. It's so funny when it's like you start to do this thing, like the newsletter and foray things. People are like, hey, what about this? <laughs> well, that's cool. Suggestion I'll put that box. in a little... I'll put that in my little um, my little <laughs> folder. I'll take a picture of that and put it in my folder um, on my computer. The, uh, Call back. <laughs> there's a couple. There's a there's a, a ton of of cool stuff um, done by this uh, website called Tracklib, and I think honestly, I, I once I was kind of like doing a little more digging about what their actual thing is. I was kind of like worried, like, well, it feels like I'm doing a commercial for them because I think they do. Um, they do like work where they help you kind of like do sampling kind of stuff if that's what you want to do in your own music. Um, and I'm, this is not a paid endorsement of them. Um, I just thought this was cool. They make these little videos. Uh, they've done, they've done like a, a series of these, um, where they kind of like show you 
uh, like the original song and like how the samples are kind of like broken up and how they're repeated and all that kind of stuff. Um, and there's a bunch of cool ones, but I highlighted the uh, Little Sims one because this was honestly my album of the year. I think it was, I think it came out last year. This was like my album of the year, like her, um, uh, I think it's called Introvert or something is the name of the album. It was just, it's just so awesome. Um, but they break it down here and then they talk a little bit um, about kind of like the state of sampling. This is from 2021. Uh, but they say there's an increase of 10% more samples on popular albums and a steady number of samples of uh, 14% of the songs in the Billboard Top 100 charts. So, um, so that's that's kind of interesting. They also like list like the um, the the genres that are like most sampled, and it's like um, it's like R&B is number one, and the jazz is number two, and then it's like soul Whoa. and other things and all that kind of stuff. So, um, jazz number two. Jazz number two. Keep making jazz out there, kids. It'll show up in a <laughs> in a popular song. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. No, wait, wait, wait. My friend sent me a text of like this song that she's been like the Ari Lennox song or whatever. And she's like, Oh, did Robert Glasper play piano on this and fully listen to it? It's just because they were using seventh chords. <laughs> I love, that. I love that i think that's sweet i love that well robert glasper has now like trademarked seventh chords that's, seventh chords. The, that's the glasper sound anything about that's triad. so funny <laughs> i died anyways yeah cool yeah but um there's a bunch of other videos and stuff i think i think it's kind of interesting but yeah sampling it's a thing sampling, sampling. I think it's interesting when I didn't realize it was a sample. Right. Yeah. That's happened to me a lot of times, which whatever. Yeah. I, so now I'm kind of like on the lookout. <laughs> it's a sample. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like, Oh, there's that Kanye song. I like, it's like that's the original song is maybe better. Just maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I'm always kind of like. I hope, I just hope people, I think it's cool to be aware of like what the sample is or just try to be like, oh, hey, like that's awesome that they're doing that because it's so important that people like see the kind of lineage. Yeah, definitely. Like Killing or Me Softly. Oh, wait, that's just totally different. What? Never mind. Killing Me Softly is not a sample. That's definitely just a cover and everyone thinks okay. it's Lauren Hill. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. But that's a similar thing though. That's like kind of in this exact same vein. Is like when people are like, oh yeah, that song by. <laughs> it's like, wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, did Kanye West write I'm Coming Out? <laughs> I'm coming out. Wow. He's a great <laughs> songwriter. Um, I mean, what's funny is like this idea of sampling, though, is like not new. Obviously, like there's like um, all the classical composers back in the day, all the old white people <laughs> in Europe, yeah. like picking folk songs and stuff and like just shoving them into symphonic works and stuff. It's <laughs> true. Yeah. So this is basically just like, this is what we do. I'm sure they were doing this a thousand years ago, 2000 years ago or something like um, in Mesopotamia or something. Like <laughs> Mesopotamia. Let's do a remix of that. What do you think? Um, <laughs> oh, I liked that. Charlie. I don't know any classic like Mesopotamian names, so that's could have gone. Can we say Mesopotamian samples? Is that going to be an issue? Comes from. 
<laughs> control um, Mesopotamia. Yeah, the Aztecs. They're like there. That's that's not Mesopotamia. No, I'm saying that's different. I know. No, I, they're all different. That was all like fifth people. grade social studies. I'm just Incan, going through Mayan, all the civilizations. Oh, all the, the Greeks. Greeks. I'm sure they. Mayans read. came up with the concept of zero. Oh my God! Imagine that. Imagine. I say this all the time about when people come up with cool things, but that's like the top of it. It's like, imagine inventing the concept of zero. <laughs> do on that one, okay? Can't do it. Alexander is like I'm going to like, like a... Rocking back and forth. I cannot like, control self, myself. Self-soothe. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> trying to relax. Okay. This podcast will has to be over at some point. The, um, <laughs> we need to wrap this up a little bit. New music uh, from Jameson Ross and JID, or is it JID? I don't know. JID. JID. Is it JID? I think it's JID. Okay. Sometimes it seemed like some places it was written with like periods between the JID, and sometimes it wasn't. Mm. Oh, yeah, it true. It seemed like he didn't do it, and so I was like, well, okay, we're going to go there. Um, Alex, you want to talk about the uh, Jameson Ross thing? Yes. So Jameson Ross put out this album. I've been obsessed with him since he put out his like, you know, second one. I didn't really listen to the first, all for one. Ooh, it's so good. But this one, I was like, oh, he really goes off. He really steps into like his whole, you know, I'm going to do this R&B, like soul, folk, jazz thing. And I just absolutely loved every single track. Um, I also just love Jameson Ross as a human. Um, and he's one of those people who's like really brought in the community. So I think like this album's like really just him being like, hi, I'm, this is the real me. And, um, just everything about this album, it like bops. It's like my mom would listen to it and she'd be like, this bops. You know? I love that. It's like for any age, like, and you can you know, bop it in elementary school and then you can bop it in the club and you're like, yes, I'm so happy with this album. Wow. <laughs> Jameson Ross. Yeah. I, um, I listened to a little bit of all for one back in like a few years ago or whatever, but this is, um, but yeah, I, I've been listening to this last couple of days and it is, I, I co-sign. It is really <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm excited to listen to it more to like um, uh, the the rest of the week. Um, also, Atlanta rapper Jid, we're gonna say, um, latest LP, Forever Story is out. Um, this was kind of like this reminded me. I think last week we were talking about No Name and like the conscious rapper kind of a thing. So yeah. he's kind of like in that school or like in that zone a little bit. Uh, uh, musically, very different sounding, I guess, or just like has a especially on this album like the the production is very different and everything but um but it's cool and i'm a, I, do you either of you ever listen to this like or like watch these like anthony fantano like the needle drop videos on youtube at all so he like he, does, he does these like, reviews i quoted him a bunch in these things because i mm. i found like i i found him on he was it was actually like a new york uh new york times article or new yorker article or something where they were talking about him and they were like this is like the most famous like YouTube music critic or something. It's like, um, and he has this whole thing where it's like, if he's going to give a good review, he wears this like yellow, um, this like yellow shirt. So if you oh see thumbnail that he's wearing a yellow shirt, so I will literally like, I'll be scrolling through YouTube or something and I'll see him wearing a yellow shirt. I'm like, okay, I need to check out what he's going to say about this. 
and he'll kind of say a little bit of something and I'll go listen to it. And usually it's pretty good, but he, he's like, he, um, he reviews like all different kinds of, uh, crazy stuff. It's like, he's not just like into one thing, but like in a week you can literally, he'll literally put up like five album reviews or something like in a week and and he's very articulate. So anyways, um, here, here he said, uh, I, I definitely recommend like just kind of like checking him out. He does interviews and all that kind of stuff too. You may not agree with him, but uh, agree with like what he likes or doesn't like all the time. But, um, but he has some nice things to say about. He just is like he, unlike what I'm doing right now. He's like very eloquent when he's like talking. About <laughs> oh my god, Charlie! Uh, but he, but he says, uh, uh, not only is this a impressive showing of Jiz's rapping abilities and all of that, um, but uh, but his album functions as a tribute to the long-running history of more left-field and conscious-style hip-hop albums. Um, and he says, like, this is an album that only Jid or someone of Jid's generation could make. So it's cool. I, I look forward to checking it out. It was, like, honestly, the last couple of days, I was feeling very, like, I had a little bit of anxiety about getting ready for the school year and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, was like, I was, like, trying to listen to this album the last couple of days, and it just is, like, kind of intense. And I was, like, He's rapid oh, fire. Wow. Yeah, it's like I cannot have a. Um, I this energy is like I'm gonna. I will literally freak out if like this this keeps happening. What what did you say, Alex? You said it's like rapid fire. Like rapid fire, yeah, yeah. yeah that's the vibe. Have you have you listened to Jid before? Yeah, actually, uh, fellow alum uh, Jake Shapiro <laughs> introduced me to him. Really? He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, you should take out this guy and like. I've been a oh, fan Jake. ever since. That's cool. Jake's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Rock and roll. Um, so that's new music this week. Our um, our extra credit. Have either of you seen on Twitter the like shirts go hard account? Or, like shirts that go hard. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not. I haven't. I'm here to bring you all this weird stuff from the internet. From like <laughs> I love it. version of the internet. <laughs> the, but there's this Twitter account that's like shirts that go hard. And are any of you on Twitter actively or not really so much? I go through not, phases. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, hmm. I realize I haven't been. And then I'm like, why haven't I been? And I pretend I use Twitter and tweet like four things and <laughs> retweet something. And then I like, I literally just forget about it. Yeah. I used Twitter to get last... extra credit for AP economics class. Oh, I love I used it in high school actually for classes as well. <laughs> But it was the last social media I got. But I think it's like kind of underrated, dare I say. Maybe it, <laughs> maybe it depends on the person. I don't really know. Like it's, like, it's like it's like not it's not like Facebook for old people, but it's definitely for old like dorky people. It's like what Twitter's for. Um, anyway, there's, I love this, it. there's this there's this account called shirts shirts that go hard, and it's like these so t-shirts that people like print, and it just is like pictures of them, and they're all like insane definitely like not safe for work or all that kind of like some of them are really gnarly but like um, not gross or anything but just like it's usually just text it's just like usually just text on a shirt that's like oh my wow that is like really intense to wear as a shirt um but there's also this twitter account called threatening music notation and so this is from uh this is from their account and it says music music literacy matters and it's got three I'm describing it to people who can't see this, but it's um, it's three uh, measures, and there's a first and second ending in the second and third measure, and the lyrics beneath it says, I like to eat puppies, but there's a repeat sign after the first 
measures and there's like a first ending and second ending so it's supposed to be read i like to eat i like puppies is what it <laughs> is what it's supposed to be um but uh but yeah both of these um twitter accounts i think are like funny to uh, follow the threatening music notation thing and then the shirts that go hard definitely from two different parts of um the internet but two different sides of the internet but uh, but also very cool um love yeah, so that's our extra credit this week. Uh, also mention, I we have shirts. I'll put down my mic to show you. I'm wearing one of the 4A shirts right now. I can't wait to get mine. That's very cool. I also have, I also have like a, a hoodie. Um, <laughs> so that so that's kind of cool. But um, but yeah, like we're I I, I uh, put it on Instagram today. Like when I got the shirt today, and I was blah, blah blah, and I got a bunch of people messaging me like, "Oh my God, where can we get the shirt? You have shirts and blah blah blah." I think most of them were hoping I would just send them shirts because I've been yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> come on, people. <laughs> but actually, Go buy one. You can get shirts from Cotton Bureau. Um, we have the for right now. It's just our uh, Ferrari logo. We're gonna probably do some more stuff, but um, you can all find that on our website and all that kind of stuff. But I think. Um, I think that's cool. A- Amy, you had, uh, we had two really, really <laughs> kind reviews on people uh, said Pod- things about us. Apple Podcasts. So we're going to start to do a thing where we're going to read, uh, read any reviews that people write in podcasts or on Apple yeah. Podcasts in the, in the podcast, in next week's podcast. So, uh, what are our reviews for this week? Well, we have wonderful words. Okay. Am I supposed to say the name? Sorry. Yeah, the first one I think is MG Doris. Yes. Oh, MG Doris says, This podcast is so much fun to listen to. The 4A team has such great insight on music and musicianship, and their conversation always inspires me. Whether they're talking about great new music to check out, a new philosophy on practicing, or what it's like to be a working musician, I always look forward to hearing their takes. Thank you, MG Doris. <laughs> friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. And and we have a second one here from Ninawi. And pod. <laughs> another friend of the pod who says, I might be biased, but I think these people are so cool and smart and funny. Oh. Oh. What a nice thing to say. Leave a review, everyone. Tell Leave us what you think. And yeah. maybe we'll read shout it yeah for you Give a big shout out cool amy you want to read us out oh yeah thanks for listening and supporting 4a music remember to like and subscribe and just to note that if you leave a review like we were just saying on apple podcasts it helps us out a lot and we'd love to read and highlight your comments on next week's show slightly redundant sorry (laughs) (laughs) no we're telling the people For more, follow us on Instagram at 4A Music, subscribe to our newsletter at 4amusic.substack.com, and check out our website at 4amusic.com. When it rains, it pours. John Legend. (laughs) (laughs) That's our saying of the day. Okay, we think you're super. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. See ya. I think that's why I want to be in safe spaces. I feel less awkward. I feel better about my interactions. But I, anyway. About my interactions. Interactions. Can I say that? I hope I did a whole bonk.
Never mind. We'll talk about it later. We'll send you the con- the, the artistry of Maria yeah. to sing. <laughs> newsletter. Um, <laughs> that'll be the newsletter I take vacation for or whatever. <laughs> like, okay, we've got a whole yeah. private practice newsletter coming at you. <laughs> it's for the real fans out there. Thank you.